welcome everybody to episode two of Controllers Up, Cards Down, the All-Star Gaming Podcast. I am one-fourth of your hosting team this evening, Mr. Scott Crawford, coming to you from Swartz Creek, Michigan. And with me, as always, is... Heather Powell, coming to you from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with us this evening are two lovely co-hosts. I'll bring in Sander Kane first. You may know him from the Cemetery Gates podcast, as well as he's been on our show, Friday Nightmares, as well. He's written every article that probably could be out there for reviews of movies and is like in the know he's actually writing the new search in the search of darkness because he thought the last one was not dark enough <laughs> welcome sander kane how are you today hey i'm great thank you guys so much for having me uh on the show it is much appreciated and i can't wait to talk about game all things games with you guys uh so thanks yeah. again well thanks for being here no problem and coming in now this guy is like the king of podcasting the king of skype so he's kind of cheating on it skype right now because he's using zoom but we won't tell skype about it <laughs> this he comes from no more room in hell as well as fresh cuts as well as burning for springwood as well as dream warriors he is mike merriman what's going on mike or Mike can't hear us. What's up? I've there managed to weasel my way onto another show. So <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah, to I managed have to here. sneak my way onto another show. Glad to be here. Awesome. 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 Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And you I didn't know that you played video games. You still play video games with your kids, Mike? Yeah. Uh, actually, these days, primarily that's who I'm playing video games with when I have the time. It's them begging me to play. So, you know, what are you gonna do? That's parent duties, right? So is your game Grand Theft Auto? Is that the game that you like to play? <laughs> it totally should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I started them off with San, San Andreas, right? <laughs> so you gotta get the California layout on <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Um, well, that's got to yeah, take us away. It teaches them geography. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, since we're kind of in our first little segment here and uh, we introduce our guests, um, we're going to kind of uh, just get a little bit of history of gaming with both of you guys. Like, where did you both like start gaming and like, what do you like doing gaming wise? So we'll start with Xander. Um, how about you, sir? Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I like anything games realistically. I've been playing them since I was a kid. Like the first board game that I played that wasn't like, um, you know, Candyland or something like that as a kid was like Axis and Allies. And that really got me like, oh, nice. um, the whole strategy of that, like really just like drew me in and like consumed me as a kid. Like we would spend, you know, we'd have friends over for dinner and we'd play it through the whole night. We would play Axis and Allies. And I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And that eventually like translated into some PC games, like um, some RTS games, like Command and Conquer and stuff like that. So that got me into, you know, that Axis and Allies got me into that avenue of PC games. And then we started delving into like MMO uh, games, which one of the games we first started playing when I was a kid was called Meridian 59. And it was like the first um, MMO before like EverQuest and uh, World of Warcraft and all that. And it was just like the coolest thing to me because you could like join guilds and like create feuds with people and other guilds. It was like hanging out with people in your neighborhood on the computer and you could get mad at them for looting your friend and then you would challenge them to a duel online. And it was like so fucking cool as a kid. Like I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And all that stuff just kept, you know, it all grew through, you know, my youth and then eventually went into like PlayStation um, and Xbox and Nintendo. And I pretty much fell 
exclusively in love with PlayStation titles and I've been a PlayStation guy, you know, at this point, decades, now that I'll show my age a little bit, but that's totally fine. Uh, but yeah, I'm willing to play like almost any type of tabletop game. If there's fun to be had, I'm here for it. I like the social aspect of playing tabletop games and Dungeons and Dragons. I absolutely love. Um, don't get to play that as much as we want because it just requires a dedicated group a lot of the time and it's hard to fit it in. But I'd love to do one shots all the time. Um, so, you know, hopefully post COVID, I can get back to some board games and back to some uh, Dungeons and Dragons again. So I, you know, it's just it's just a great avenue to talk and inter interact with people. And I just absolutely love the social aspect of, of gaming which is kind of weird on the video game side now like for playstation i'd pretty much just play single player stuff like yeah, i don't I, I don't don't mess with online stuff for whatever reasons i think i just like the person-to-person -person contact a little more because i guess i can only be yelled at from by eight-year-olds for so long before it really <laughs> starts to like crush my self-esteem uh so <laughs> Yeah, so I typically do the, the, you know, I like story-driven games more so on uh, video games, you know, stuff like uh, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Becoming Human, uh, anything like that. I really, really like. I gravitate to the, the Telltale games, uh, Walking Dead. They nice. Did, uh, Back to the Future one, that was really cool. They did a Jurassic Park one that was okay. Uh, but I just like those story-driven games. It really, like, grabs me in. I like to be put in situations in video games that I would never find myself in in real life, right? Uh, yeah, so I understand. Like, that's how I do it, too. Yeah. So, in short, that's kind of my gaming history, I guess. So. Awesome. Yeah, I'll say, like, yeah, I, I knew, like, that was one reason we had to have you on, because you have, like, experience, kind of like me, you're kind of a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to games of all sorts. Like, I play everything as well. Yeah, absolutely and uh mike how about you what was uh your history and like what type of stuff do you like to game with now all right well since we're showing off our age with this answer um <laughs> does everyone remember commodore 64s oh hell yes <laughs> i started with a, yeah i started i mean as far as video games go the earliest i can remember is i had a commodore 64 i remember i had a a video game version of double dare the game show nice. um i had some type of like ninja game where all I, the only memory i have of that ninja game is you would get to the end of like your screen and the ninja would like jump up through the floor to the next level um i think i had like a version of frogger on it and you know it was a commodore 64 so it was only gonna play so much i mean by those standards i guess it was like good technology but from there let's see i had yeah, this i think 1989 is when i got a nintendo and i asked that, that pretty much convinced me they were never gonna buy me one so when i opened it on that christmas it was like the greatest day of my life and that memory still stands out because i was in such disbelief that they actually bought it for me they had me convinced because I had plenty of friends that had it. So like, you know, I'd go to their houses to play, but my parents just did that number on me where, yeah, you're not going to. So uh, from <laughs> Nintendo, <laughs> I had a Super Nintendo. I want to say I didn't have an N64, but I had friends that did. Uh, I kind of like slowed down until the original PlayStation came out. And then I was all about that with like Metal Gear Solid and the Resident Evil game, oh, early yeah. Resident Evil games. And then pretty much, pretty much I've been a PlayStation guy too, just because um, the PlayStation always had something else besides just gaming to appeal. Like the PS3 was my first and only Blu-ray player I've ever bought. And luckily yep. I still have a working PS3 to this day. Um, 
PS4 I have, and today, <laughs> what a coincidence, my PS5 showed up in the mail. Oh, so perfect. now I officially have my first 4K player because that, you know, I didn't buy a standalone 4K until PS5 came out. So um, other than, you know, video games themselves, I grew up playing board games. Uh, you know, what's funny is we had, you remember the game Risk? Yeah, um, we had that, and I remember playing it, but I don't think I've ever played a game of Risk according to the actual rules. I think we were so young, we didn't really understand how to play it, so we we came up with our own method of like, like rolling the dice to like decide who is going to conquer countries and stuff. Um, House rules are the best. Rules. Sorry, <laughs> I had a lot of Simpsons editions of stuff, and uh, I had a Freddy versus. <laughs> Yes. I had <laughs> that I too, had Freddy actually. Freddy Jason Killer trivia that I could play with nobody when I was growing up because nobody knew enough about it to even play against me. And right. so it, it sits in my closet to this day. Yeah, I actually. Um, and then as far my... as the type of video games, yeah, yeah. As far as the type of video games, all I like all sorts of different ones. I tend to not be such a multi online multiplayer anymore unless it's co-op just because Part of it's the same answer. I don't like getting yelled at by kids. And I just don't have the time to put into the skill level you need to be able to compete. Like I, I've uh, Modern Warfare 1 and 2 was kind of my era when I was doing like the get home from work, log on about 10 at night and play through the night. But, you know, as I got older, married kids, I just I don't have the time to do it. Uh, and my skill level shows when I just would get murdered so right. much. And it stopped being fun. So I tend to flock to uh, just single-player campaigns. Uh, the Uncharted games are some of my favorite. La uh, Last of Us, excellent. Uh, the GTA games, great. And uh, I, I, I've been really getting into uh, modern... I don't even know what the term is. It's like modern retro gaming. It's almost like, you know, 16-bit era style games, but yes. kind of remastered and remodeled current graphics. Uh, I've been really getting into that stuff. You know, it's it, it's like part nostalgia, but still offering you something new because I actually kind of am... I, uh, I'm not into... Uh, old games as much as I thought because the nostalgia would run out and I, I'm talking about like when you actually would buy like the actual like 8-bit or 16-bit versions of games I thought like oh I'm gonna go play like Mega Man like I did when I was a kid and a half hour into it I'm like I suck now like yeah. how did I even beat this one? <laughs> like minutes? this is so broken how did I play this at eight years old you yeah your especially Oh man, that, those PS2 era games now, the way the controls are just wooden and it's very tanky, it's like, how did we do it? But at the time, we didn't know any better. Yeah, and honestly, we didn't have uh, um, disposable yeah. income either. So there was a lot of like times you just buy one game and go, oh, I'm stuck with this for probably at least a couple months. <laughs> well, and I don't think games came out as quickly, right? I think yeah. you were looking now. There's, yeah. I was actually thinking of that today as we were watching one of the parts of our show and just how far we've come with game manufacturing and now how many even you know because I work in post-secondary mm -hmm. university and college programs there are for video game design and how many options there are for video games and now you've got virtual reality like you have so much stuff to choose from and you got to be competitive there's a new game like what every week Scott would you say like oh there's there's probably at least 20 new games a week right so it's it's you know it's one of those things, right? So when we were kids, like, mm -hmm. you know, 
you got what you got and you fucking stuck it out. That's that how it. I ended up playing Echo the Dolphin forever, which have <laughs> even one of you beat Echo the Dolphin? My goal no. is to one day find someone who has. I have the patience for that one. Echo. What about you? Yeah, I, was like, yeah I, I didn't, I never had it when it first came out, but one of the computers I bought through the years, I mean, this is now, it's probably like 20 years ago. It came with like a version of Echo the Dolphin on it. And I would try to get into it and I was just like, there's not enough really going on in this game to keep me <laughs> playing it. So I would just difficult. Stopped. No, so mm -hmm. future guests, I want to find somebody that beat Echo the Dolphin. I there's gotta be someone out there that did it. That's so like for a unicorn, I tell maybe you. Literally beat Echo the Dolphin. Yeah, like beat <laughs> that's right. That's what I want to know. <laughs> so what you're saying is this should be one of the questions we ask every guest now coming forward. Yeah, moving forward. That's how you get on the show. These were the yeah. only two guys that got on. Do you on want to be a guest? Have you played Echo, Echo the Dolphin? Nope. Have chance. you beat it? <laughs> you haven't? Forget it. We don't care about anything else. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for uh, sharing that. Because yeah, like I I mean, we're, we've all grown up in that era, in the era where gaming was just becoming popular. So it's just that, like, at least in the video game world, obviously yeah. the well, other games and it, stuff, but yeah. Tabletop games come the same way. Like, uh, Wing Commander, man, Wing Commander, one of the first games I played that used actual cutscenes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But tabletop games years ago, they'd only have like eight games come out a year. Mm -hmm. And now we have literally, you know, there's eight that come out on Kickstarter every week now at a minimum. So like you go to Kickstarter page, there's 500 coming out. It's absolutely insane. So we, it's almost too much, you know, at your fingertips. I mean, it's a great problem to have, but like, you know, as uh, if you collect board games or even like, you know, physical video games, like space is a problem. <laughs> there's so much out there and even hard drive space is a problem, right? Like you have limited space that you can put on your PlayStations, your Xboxes, your hard drives in general, like got to be selective. Yeah. Now that we're older, it's like, yeah, I have already yeah. become a lot more selective than I used to be. <laughs> Even the even the disc version of games, the way they want you to preload like a hundred gigabytes, it's just like damn. Like I thought I was gonna save all this space by getting the disc drive version. It's like no, you still gotta put all this storage yeah. onto the hard drive. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be eating it up really fast, especially with the new generation. Um, but, I um, had a quick question before we get to Nate's oh, yeah. thought because we talked about this with Tim and I want to give Sander and uh, Mike both a chance to comment on it. It doesn't have to be long, but are do you guys think physical media is here to stay when it comes to video games or is it going to be digital moving forward? Because as we all know, there is an option to just buy a digital PS5 where you don't buy physical games anymore. So we'll go with Sander first. What do you think? Uh, for me personally, in my space, I think the, I, I love my physical media. I love having my board games. I absolutely adore having my movies. Um, and video games is the one section that I'm willing to bend to go to digital. Uh, just because I live in a small space in the city and I, I just, I can't have 9,000 of everything. So that's the one that I'm willing to give digitally. And I was never a person to really loan out my games to anyone anyways. And I never bought used games from GameStop ever um, just because I always hated how they did business. So I just kind of, that was never an option for me. So for me, like I didn't give my games to anyone. I didn't sell my games to anyone. And I just think it's easier for people to, to get it digitally day one. Like, I mean, a kid's rather a kid that's obsessing over a game right now that drops at midnight, they'll sit on their computer and download it immediately at midnight rather than hop in their car and go to a GameStop or wherever it may be. I just, I just think it's um for me, it's just, I'm willing to just go digital on, on games. And like, 
as far as having the PlayStation, all your purchases are stored in the cloud. You can back that up on another hard drive yourself. It's all there tied to your info. So I feel I feel pretty comfortable switching digitally with games. So I think it's gonna we're gonna keep seeing that. So I don't especially with the PlayStation, you know, giving you an option now of going straight digital or hard drive. Hey, you can save a hundred bucks if you go digital. That's pretty appealing for a 16-year-old kid that's probably washing dishes at a restaurant whose whose money is uh you know pretty thin. If he can save a hundred bucks, he's gonna get the cheaper one. So yeah. I know it's pretty affordable for my friends who need to save money because I got kids <laughs> that's that why too. I chose to go digital. Uh, what do you think, Mike? All right. So I am kind of on both sides of this one when it comes to like the, I guess they call it a or triple a titles, like the big releases. I tend to go physical because I like to save as much space on the hard drive for um, like the, either the indie games or like I was talking about like the retro remasters of old stuff that you can't get on disc. And I also, I'm pretty much a person that once I beat the game, I'm done with it. Uh, now there are exceptions like, you know, something like a GTA game, you can beat the storyline, but there's so much in that game to keep you entertained beyond uh, just the storyline. But for the most part, like a game like an Uncharted game, it's fun as hell, but once you're done with the story, unless you're really into like treasure hunting for every little you know thing in the game, I'm done with the game. I'm ready to get rid of it. Now, GameStop obviously is pretty horrible at the trade-in value they give you, so yeah. I'm not like trying to rep their business, but hey, 20 bucks is still 20 bucks I can use towards another game. So in the end, they sucker me into <laughs> using them anyway. But uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I would say I still would like the option for physical media, uh, mostly for storage reasons. You know, if if PlayStation 5 had like a 50 terabyte hard drive, maybe that'd be different because I would have zero worries about filling it up. But I mean, for being a two, for being a system that was released in 2020 to only be like a one terabyte drive, I think that was the one disappointing aspect of this next gen console. So I'm still kind of, I still want the option for physical media. Yep, I'm kind of right there with you. That's kind of like my thoughts as well. But uh, yeah, um, I'll say I guess we can kind of just jump into the gaming news and releases. Um, I'm only grabbing two news pieces that kind of caught my eye. They're both uh, PlayStation related. Uh, let's see. Uh, for the first one was uh, PlayStation has announced something called the Stay at Home Initiative that started last year around this time when the pandemic hit to encourage everyone to stay home. But starting March 25th, you'll be able to download and enjoy the following PS4 titles for free. And that is Abzu, Enter the Gungeon, Res Infinite, Subnautica, and The Witness. Uh, there's also four PSVR games that will also be available for free. Astrobot, Rescue Mission, Moss, Thumper, and Paper Beast. And all nine of these games will be free until the 22nd of April, 2021. So if you download them during that time period, they're yours forever. Um, and last but certainly not least, is starting April 19th, uh, you'll be able to nab the PS4 exclusive Horizon Zero Dawn for free, and it will be available until May 14th, and it's the complete edition, which includes the Frozen Wilds expansion. And yeah, I just think, I think that's really freaking cool that the PlayStation is doing this to just kind of encourage people to like stay home more and like, and like just saying, hey, here's a ton of our games for free. Just, you know, enjoy yourself, stay home, play some games. And the fact that they're giving away Horizon Zero Dawn, which is one of their 
prolific big games for, yeah, yeah. beautiful beautiful game absolutely beautiful yeah so i was impressed when they offered that they're offering the whole expansion pack version of that too like that's really freaking cool because that game is amazing i was gonna ask are these quality games because i know nothing so um, i'm glad to hear that they are they're not just like the shit games that they're like yeah yeah we'll release these pieces of garbage nope every <laughs> one of these games i have played i think uh seven of these games and most of them are indie games, but they are yeah. really amazing games. Awesome. I remember Subnautical being pretty fun. Yeah, that one I've lost 50, 60 hours in at least and still never <laughs> got anywhere in that game. So it's just <laughs> yeah. so Damn. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot to do in it. But yeah, I thought that I, was just I, really I just cool. like the idea. I just love the idea that gamers need extra incentive to stay inside and never go out. <laughs> right. Isn't that kind of the stereotype already? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, no, that is cool that they're offering like free games. Uh, Cause this is a, probably what on top of the, uh, the PSN plus, plus account yep. monthly free games anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, those, they're still offering those four, like three to four games free plus these 10 on top of that. So yeah, you're, there's a lot of uh, bang for your buck in this month. That is for sure. Yeah. And it's probably mm-hmm. meant to get people like me, right? Who don't play tons of games. But if I know something's for free, I'll probably go on and play it and, and maybe be less likely to go out to the bar and play <laughs> that game. Uh, maybe. Like, or you're maybe just like, oh, I'll, cut my, I'll cut my night at the bar an hour shorter. So I can go right. home and play the game <laughs> when I'm nice and buzzed. Absolutely. So I can go home, load up the game, and by the time it loads, I go to sleep. That's right. That's right. True story. Um, <laughs> did you have any other news, Scott, or was that it, yep. it's a slow time? Or oh, okay. uh, nope, I have one more, and this one is kind of a bummer, but I kind of seen it coming. But uh, PlayStation Three, PlayStation Portable, and PlayStation Vita digital stores are shutting down by the end of summer. You will still be able to download the games you have already purchased, but will not be able to buy and download any other games that you don't already own by the time summer wraps up, which, you know, it's a, it's an end of an era with those consoles, so I can understand why PlayStation is kind of getting ready to shut down the store. But at the same time, like, it does kind of suck for the ones that don't have any newer generation systems that are just wanting to still buy some of the indie gems off there. It's like, well, you guys have until summer they haven't given a specific date yet but yep these stores will be shutting down forever but they are letting you you know the games you buy will be yours and you won't have to worry about that go load up on them if you got anything in there yeah absolutely can't live without for sure yeah yeah i get it it costs money to keep all those stores open yeah i i i think i have like maybe two or three actual physical ps3 games sitting around but the the console itself is loaded up with like games I've downloaded and I, you know, with the PS5 coming out, I was kind of expecting this with the PS3. My only hope is like, please keep uh, working on firmware updates just for like the, the streaming apps on there, you know, like Netflix and all that stuff. Cause uh, my wife's asking me to throw the PS3 in the bedroom, just kind of have like an extra backup streaming machine. So I'm like, okay, as long as like, all the other stuff on the PS3, like basically using it as like a media server, even if we're not doing much gaming on it, I'll, I'll still put, put the uh, PS3 to plenty of use. But but yeah, you know, it's it's been so long, it's kind of expected because I think Nintendo did something similar recently with like uh, older generation. I think it was like Wii U or something that they yeah. were starting to like shut down. Yep, yeah, the Wii and the Wii U stores, I think, ended up getting shut down like. Uh... And you know, same thing, you know, you're able to keep the games that you had, but you weren't able to buy anything new. I 
I had a Wii, but I never had a Wii U. I kind of skipped that one. So did I. <laughs> which I'm kind of glad in. in I think a lot of people skipped that. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much to Nintendo. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. But the Switch is better anyway. So. Oh, it absolutely is. I absolutely love my Switch a thousand times more than I ever thought I would. Like, I'd play the crap out of that thing way more than I thought I did. We only bought it because uh, COVID and Animal Crossing came out. So. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll but, do I mean, it. Yeah, I got it. I got it for my kids on <laughs> what was it uh, Christmas 2019, and like the whole time I was like, I knew I was probably gonna end up throwing a couple games on there for myself just because there's so much. But uh, six months into, it, I was like, wow, I actually played the Switch quite a lot there's just <laughs> there's so much on there for everybody that's that's the beauty of it and and they do a good job of pricing stuff digitally i feel like i love a good like small puzzle game and there's tons of them on the switch for like two dollars mm-hmm. and i'm like well hell i'll play that for a couple hours and keep me busy mm-hmm. and it's just there's tons of stuff on there you could kill a few hours with just by you know two three dollars i mean i bought a game for 74 cents that i it played for like two days. I was like, that's worth it. <laughs> and that's right? smart, right? Keep it cheap. Yeah. So you're likely to get more downloads and you'll make a profit off of it one way or another, right? It's really, yeah. it's clever. It's clever how they price mm-hmm. games. I think it's really smart how you range that price um, to get people of all different kind of walks of life mm-hmm. or what you're interested in at the time, what you're yeah. using it for, right? I also love that when you can, on the Switch, you can put stuff in your watch list just to watch mm-hmm. it. And as soon as the price drops, they'll email you. Perfect. So yeah, I just load... Cool. I load everything in my wish list that I'm interested in, and then I just wait to see the right price drop. And when it gets, I'll buy it when it gets below five dollars. And lo and behold, wait a month or so, there it is, boom. Smart. Yeah, and um, you know that's the only two news pieces I grabbed this time around. Um, you know, I'm I'm continuously looking to see if there's anything that just kind of pops. But these seem to be like the two big ones that kind of just jumped out jumped out at me. Uh, but I'm going to jump into the releases. I got a. Uh, All right, Scott. What was that? <laughs> I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you because we were just talking about the Switch. Is the Switch Pro a myth or what? Because every other day I see an article that says like, if the Switch Pro comes out, this is what processor it might have. And I'm like, well, this is so hypothetical. Is there going to be a definitive article saying, yes, there's a Switch Pro and this is what it has? But I've been hearing articles for like six months talking about a potential Switch Pro. But I have one friend that says, no, it, these are all just clickbait stuff. So I'm like, is what that the friend Venom? Is there going to be a Switch Pro or not? And <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not one of my podcasting friends. Um, he would probably say it a lot more harshly if it was him. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. He'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you, Mike? <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, sure, I'm sure you guys have like seen these articles once in a while where it's just like talking about possible specs and like, oh, it might be 4K, it might not. And I'm like, I don't want to hear what might. It's like, is it happening or not? Yeah. At, at this how moment, much money is it going to take out of my checking account? That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. 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 At this moment, I would say like, I don't see it happening right away. Like Nintendo is still profiting big time on the switch. Like, so I don't think they're going to upgrade to a more expensive unit yet though. Now that the PS fives and the Xbox series X are out and getting popular, um, Nintendo is going to need to compete with that somehow. So I have a feeling if there is ever going to be a Nintendo yeah. switch pro, it'll be soon. Like, cause I do need to compete because Nintendo's always seems to yeah, be. Yeah. I mean, I would say bigger, bigger, yeah, I mean, Nintendo really is lacking in online capability type of stuff, but 
I gotta be honest, I don't really care about like 4K streaming a Mario game. <laughs> like I do this five uh better storage and possibly, you know, of course a system that works faster is never bad, but right. know, we'll see. Yeah, I was gonna say you never know. We'll we'll probably hear more at E3 if there's an E3 this year. Like it might just be all virtual, but we'll see what happens there probably. Um but yeah, for now, I'm going to jump into our release dates. I got some board games and some card game release dates and some video game release dates. I kind of narrowed it down a little bit because, good Lord, between the list of all that, we would be here for hours. <laughs> so I'll start off with the board games. And the first one up is on April 1st, Sticky Cthulhu, which since I'm a Lovecraft fan, I just had to uh, look at that and go, oh, all right. Oh, <laughs> <me> oh. <laughs> uh, April 2nd. Uh, Arkham Horror into the Maelstrom, uh, April 12th, Tiny Epic Pirates, uh, April 15th, Drawn to Adventure, April 15th as well, King of Twelve, uh, Masters of the Night, Kids on Broom, Duel of Wands card game, Good Puppers, Polis, the Tea Dragon Society card game, Taco Cat spelled backwards, <laughs> um, then March 23rd, this one I had to put in there because I am the I am the target audience for this. Magic the Gathering Strixhaven finally comes out, and Magic the Gathering's 2021 Commander set is going to be released on April 23rd. And damn right, I will be buying all of that. <laughs> um, then on April 30th, we have Atlantis Rising, Embarcadero, Alice is Missing, and Power Rangers deck building game. So yeah, a decent list of uh, board games. I really didn't know m- many of these. Uh, but I was like, so I think I have Alice is missing. I think. Oh really? Hold on one is second. Is it missing I'm... and you can't find it? No, I kickstarted <laughs> it, but I think that's. I'm gonna be right back. All right, and we'll just go on to the video games while he does that. Then, um, but uh, on April 1st for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, PC, and Google Stadia. We have Outriders, uh, Resident Evil 7 coming to Stadia on April 1st. Oddworld Soulstorm is coming out April 6th for PC, PS4, and PS5. Star Wars Republic Commando coming out April 6th for PS4 and Switch. Scarlet Hood and the Wicked Wood, April 8th PC. Uh, Borderlands 3 Director's Cut coming out April 8th on PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One. Saga Frontier Remastered coming out April 15th on PC, PS4, and the Nintendo Switch. MLB The Show 21, April 20th, uh, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, and Xbox One. Mask Maker VR, April 20th for PC and PSVR. Humankind, April 22nd uh, for PC and Stadia. Judgment uh, coming out April 23rd, PS5, Xbox Series X, and Stadia. Nira Replicant uh, coming out April 23rd, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Assassin's Creed Valhalla Wrath of the Druids, uh, the expansion, is coming out April 29th on PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Stadia, Xbox One, and uh, two on April 30th, and that is new Pokemon Snap coming to Nintendo Switch and Returnal coming to PS5. And Sander has a special thing that he I can do. tell. He has Alice is Missing. I have it. So I kickstarted this. Uh, this game, the Kickstarter was like right when COVID was going on, right? And like right before all that happened, I finally found some, like we moved to the city a couple of years ago and hadn't found a tabletop group immediately. But then my neighbors behind me, we finally started playing games. And of course, COVID happened. So they didn't play games anymore. But the cool thing about Alice is Missing is a silent RPG game. 
And the way you communicate is text messaging. It doesn't really? it doesn't require like a game master, dungeon master, or anything. You're just all trying to share clues collectively through um, texting one another. And there's an actual soundtrack in here that you can play the music, so it becomes fully immersive. And you're all trying to solve this mystery of the town and what happened to Alice. Um, it just seemed like a really fucking cool idea. And it was like $17 or something for the Kickstarter. So I was like, oh, wow, take my money. Right. Even if I play it one time, I don't really care. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, anyways, it's 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 a pretty darn I haven't played it yet, to be fair, but it's a really cool concept. And for the price point, it's just something a little different. So I just wanted to plug it. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Kind of convenient that it's coming out and you already got the Kickstarter. That worked out perfectly. That was like (laughs) the best segue ever. I was was. like, wait, Alice is missing. Wait. Because I didn't know what it's like. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I backed on Kickstarter. I had no idea when the release date was. Because you know, who knows? A lot of that stuff on Kickstarter never really gets a mass release. If like a, if a game store backed it during the Kickstarter, they got four or five copies. That's it until mass distribution happens. And a lot of the times, there's so many games out there, it doesn't happen. So if you don't snag on Kickstarter, you don't get it. So right. Truth. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that game because that sounds very unique and fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's the end of our uh, new segment releases and introductions and whatnot. So we can uh, move on into our uh, next segment. Retro table? Yes. Heather, take it away. Welcome to the Canadian retro table where I force people to watch episodes of Video and Arcade Top 10. (laughs) from Canada, which from your our previous episode, if you listened to, uh, was a Canadian television game show that went from 1999 to 2010. And it was sponsored by all the major video game um, organizations or companies that were going on, mainly Nintendo, uh, specifically for this episode. So this episode was released in October of 1999. So Sander and Mike, we'll start with Sander first. What were your thoughts of Video and Arcade Top 10? So obviously this is the first time I'd ever seen this, uh, this particular show, uh, but I actually like really, really loved it. So it is uh, for anybody that knows like the reference, like it's kind of a blend of attack the show from G4 days, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been like late 2000s, uh, or like 2010s, somewhere on there. Uh, it's very much that because it blends in with pop culture I mean, stuff. That was very much this because it yeah. came first. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but it also like felt like this particular episode that we watched felt like a Nintendo Power mm-hmm. thing. Uh, because like Absolutely. it was awesome to see. So like Attack of the Show didn't always give away like um, how to do things, you know, like here's the move to do this. Uh, it was really cool to see them like pop up, like they're talking about Banjo and Kazooie and talking about, oh, you can do this if you, and just giving you the secrets and hints, which was really awesome. Cause that's like kind of the thing you did with Nintendo Power back in the day. Like you broke it open just to make sure you could find all those little neat little intricacies. It was really cool to see them like give a really fun um, presentation to that, to their audience back in the day. And it does feel really chaotic. Like the yes. show does. Yeah. It's like, ah, super high speed, right? Like, ah. Yeah, it's like sensory <laughs> overload. What's going on? Why is this, yeah. why is this? girl band here singing a song and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna mail my answer to you so I can win a free CD yeah. Uh, yeah no it was cool it was really cool it was fun nostalgic um and lots of good information and I totally forgot about um Excite Bite 64 in this particular episode yes. I totally forgot that was a thing so that was really cool to like go and see a few things that I completely forgot about uh but like definitely it was like totally on the hype train I could only imagine like 
being excited to get off the bus to go watch the show when it was on tv so it was was the shit let me tell you yeah it's cool that it still exists in form on the internet so you know sometimes it's definitely a win for the internet but yeah i thought it was it was cool it's totally dated with the uh everybody has their stupid nicknames underneath their real names yeah Yeah. chick and cool dude and (laughs) and nicholas piccolis is not even his real name who is a pretty (laughs) famous dj in canada like that guy actually is well known which is why it's so funny most people know who nicholas piccolis is (laughs) if you're canadian um (laughs) mike what did you think well i'm i usually break Canadian programming into two categories. There's the standard Canadian programming, and then there's oddly Canadian programming. <laughs> this one doesn't quite hit oddly Canadian, maybe because of the time frame in the 90s. It just feels very 90s more than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, I definitely agree. It reminds me of like early G4, almost, almost when it was tech TV before it changed into G4. Uh, it reminds me a, a little mix of like an X play where they talk about video games. Uh, and then of course, you know, giving away like the hints and the tips for playing games kind of reminds me uh, like uh, Xander said, Nintendo power. There was a show when I was growing up earlier in the nineties, like the host was Nintendo, but he would play like a uh, Mario cartoon and some other cart i maybe like a mega man cartoon but at the end of every episode he's like down for like the hot tip on how to beat this level or something so it kind of reminded me of like a mix of all that and you know watching it now in retrospect is kind of like it comes off as a little corny and chaotic and goofy but i can imagine at the time you know i would you said it started in 99 so i would have been 19. oh 1991 i mean if i would have been oh 91 okay yeah Okay. This yes, episode is from ninety nine. Yes, if I would have been watching it as an eleven year old, oh, okay. So yeah, if if I would have been watching it since ninety one as a kid, it would have been right up my alley at the time. It would have been something I probably tuned into daily just because you're into gaming, you're gonna watch shows about it, and there was no tech TV or G four back then, so it was probably the closest thing around that would have been like that. So yeah, as a kid, I would have been totally into it. Awesome. Well, in this episode, uh, Nuclear Strike 64 is played. Um, the winner wins not really that great of a prize. I remember, I only remember yeah. what the second prize was because he won a system. Uh, so they covered Nuclear Strike 64. They covered, uh, which was a, helifi- a helicopter fight game, which actually looked really cool. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie for, ni- for N64. The musical group Bewitched. Was- yeah, I was going to ask, did you know Bewitched when you were younger? I knew Bewitched. I'm I never heard of them. <laughs> is that going to be the outro for this episode? Is that, that is. That's song? actually, and it's going to be Scott singing it. That's actually <laughs> cool, cool. what we're yeah. doing. I feel like if there's one of those in every episode that you guys reviewed, whatever song is on that episode of the show should just let you go out of the outro. We should. It's only we fitting. Should. Right? That is a good idea, actually. It is a good idea. <laughs> um, and then there was the, you guys talked about Excite Fight 64. Which I want to jump in real quick. Sure. This is where I had to say I loved, like, because I loved Excite Bay when I was younger. But this is when I was like, yep, this show is totally Canadian because they're telling you how to do the tricks when you're jumping in the air. And they're like, you got to make sure to press the Z button. The Z <laughs> <I'm> like, button. <laughs> not the Z shit that you guys talk about. All the Canadians would be like, Z button? Is that a new button on the controller? Um, <laughs> WrestleMania 2064. Do you guys have any experience with any of these games that you want to share? Yeah. Um, 
the wrestling one was like a huge deal if i remember correctly because yep. it was the first one that had triple like you could triple tag team yeah they talk about right. thing. they yeah. had royal rumble that was the first one that had like all these really cool elements so if you were like a wrestling kid that one was like the fucking game when you when you know when you were wanted to play a game where you fought against your friends so like that was the one that everybody yep. loved and it was yeah, also was... four controllers right the 64 yes. so you had four yeah. So that's what made that one like super, super exciting. Um, I, I never played, uh, I remember playing Banjo Kazooie, but I don't, the other ones I didn't have much experience with, but the wrestling one was definitely a huge deal. Yeah, because I remember right after high school, I would go over to my buddy Jason's house and we would play for hours doing the that WrestleMania, Wrestling 64, and we would create characters of our friends and make them just do <laughs> stupid stuff. And then we'd throw them in the Royal Rumble together. And oh man, it was just a blast, but it was just, you look at it now and it's going, oh, that's painful to the eyes, the transition to those 3D graphics back yeah. then. But Or just the audience constantly looking like this yes. in the background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what but about man. you? Sorry, Scott. What about you, Mike? Do you, did you play any of these games? Uh, Banjo-Kazooie, I have a little bit experience with. This, this era was kind of like when I slow, like I was 8-bit, 16-bit era, 32 and 64 bit i was kind of touch and go it was more playing what my friends had um golden eye obviously on n64 was a big one uh oh, yeah. the wrestling game we had that we played a bunch was it was wcw nwo world tour or revenge or one oh. of them because the battle royal mode in that game was so fun because you would select your first player but when you got tossed out you would automatically get to take control of the next guy and you could make other wrestlers do other guys taunting them. So we would all make wrestlers do all La Parca's dance. <laughs> and it, it, it seems so stupid now looking back on it, but at the time it was just ridiculously fun. And, uh, but yeah, those are mostly what we were playing in that era. Um, my friend was the one that had like every console that came out, no matter what, um, you know, always, always buying it on the first day, always had games to go with it. So whenever there was a time that I skipped console or an error, I always had access to play the games, but yeah, I mean, nineties for me is good time, man. That's my coming of age. decade. <laughs> so that's why you have to have that one rich friend as a kid that got yep. all the systems. So you could go over there and play them at their house. And the last three that they talk about here for the video arcade top 10, three of the week were Pokemon, Pokemon stadium, Tony Hawk pro skater. I guess that was for the first one. Maybe Yep, that was the very um, first one, the very first one. And then Kirby 64, uh, the cur the crystal shards, um, and then also the movie that came out that month was Superstar. Yeah, uh, Molly Shannon. <laughs> and the one kid won an N64. So that was pretty sick that uh, the one kid, that, and his home player won. That's and a good prize. Player. Yeah, uh, it was a, that was a shit. That's why you wanted to be on that show as a kid, because you knew you were going to get the good prizes. Um, and Canada, well, I guess we had a deal with Nintendo. We must have like signed a deal with the devil because we had a theme park in Toronto called Ontario Place and we had Nintendo Tower. So you would go to Nintendo Tower and there would be all these game systems lined up with the latest games and you could try them out. 
Um, oh, hell. And everything and... was painted like Nintendo. So I think we just signed our life away. To and that, that makes sense because even in Niagara, you guys have that uh, Mario Kart uh, golf cart. Oh, yeah, we do. We have the Mario Kart track from N64 now in Niagara Falls. You know, when the borders open, everyone can come and visit yeah. that. Oh, really excited. That's amazing. I beat my friend last year on it. It was pretty magical. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thanks for watching Video Arcade Top 10. Uh, we will wonderful. be posting. I'm glad you guys liked it. We'll it be posting good. the episode to our page. It's fun. And we'll be choosing an- another episode next time, maybe from the 2000s. Hell yeah. Yeah, because I like we're getting to the era where I was playing a lot of games when we jump into the newer stuff. Like, I mean, I obviously played the older stuff too, but like the newer stuff is more more what I'm nostalgic for because I was like oh man I spent 30 hours playing these games <laughs> like give me that purple discs ps1 game yes <laughs> uh so now we can just jump into our what we've been playing first impressions Xander I'll let you uh kick this off cool uh so right now what I'm playing a lot of is Final Fantasy 7 remake on PlayStation 4 because they it was one of the PlayStation plus games um that they put out for free this month which i was super stoked i have very very fond memories of final fantasy 7 uh when it came out yes 16 17 how many ever years ago it was very long time um actually it was close to 20 years ago it was like 24 shit. years ago yeah uh like buddy and me and a buddy of mine just basically we got an ice storm and we played final fantasy 7 and gran turismo 3 i think for like the whole weekend that's all we did and i haven't revisited a final fantasy game in length really since then like i played 11 a few times i just couldn't really get into it but this one is a significant uh change of pace in final fantasy 7 it is it is still like turn based but like it moves like super fast right like you can select your characters mid battle and just like bam 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 you can, like the speed of it is absolutely incredible the graphics are way incredible it's the same story uh loosely as final fantasy 7 it's just much more in depth and involved with uh, the city uh Migrad or whatever the city's called it just takes a lot more focus in there on that. But man, it is super fun and slick and just a damn good time. <laughs> now, this is one I've been wanting to play because I, like I mentioned on the last episode, Final Fantasy VII was the very first game I ever beat. So I have a lot of nostalgia for this game. And now that it's free on PS Plus or for PS Plus, I had to snag it up and I really look forward to putting time into it. Oh, you might be muted, I think. I am muted for free. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for a free game on PlayStation Plus, it's actually absolutely incredible. Like there's plenty of hours of gameplay in that game. Yeah, that's awesome. That's only like the first. My, of my buddy, my buddy game. recorded. Uh, I was going to say my buddy recorded himself on a VHS tape beating Final Fantasy VII because he <laughs> just loved the final boss in that so much that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's awesome. a, he he made me watch it <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> that is awesome. Got to make sure to use the Knights of the Round summons. <laughs> um, but yeah, how about you, Mike? What was the game you brought to the table? All right. So I mentioned earlier that I, I've been kind of really getting into kind of like uh, retro. I guess it's like new versions of retro games. So there's this one that sort of resembles Contra or a Contra light game uh, called Hunt Down. Has anyone heard of that here? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an indie game that it totally has kind of like the 80s action, like it's kind of scummy aesthetic to it where you're kind of running through these levels with your different kind of weapons, whether you machine gun, flamethrower, a spread type gun, grenades, rocket launchers, and you're 
going through like I, I can't remember the name of the city, but you know it's some drug fueled gang that you're taking out and each so Flint, Michigan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure that's one of the cities in there. Definitely. Um, but like each city has like a different like over the top crazy uh, gang uh, with of course like a like the level I'm on right now. The main boss is like. He kind of reminds me of Sub-Zero, not Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, but Sub-Zero from Running Man, the movie. Oh, um, nice. Like the mohawk with the hockey mask, sh- shooting a hockey puck grenades at you. And, you know, the the way the dialogue's written, it's totally uh, 80s trash cinema, curse words, every other word that they're saying to you. Uh, so it's basically a game meant for as much carnage as possible. I think it's like 10, 15 bucks on PlayStation Network. I'm sure it's on Switch too. Cause nice. sometimes I'll look at I'll look at uh both online stores and see where it's cheaper. Because these types of games they'll run fine on pretty much any system. You don't really need to go for the higher specs to run them. So there's that and another similar one called Broforce, which yes, Broforce it, it pretty fun. much models every action icon from like the 80s. Um yeah, yeah Broforce is it's hilarious. Like if you want to yes. laugh at the carnage the entire time, Broforce is the game to get. Uh, so those two, they've been keeping me happy. Other than that, playing a uh, new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe on the Switch with my kids. That's kind of their first Mario platforming game that they've gotten into. And nice. they always want to play with me. So I'm more than happy to oblige. That's awesome. Good parent was, time, right? Yeah, and I have to say, I do, I, I yep. definitely recommend Broforce because, yeah, that game is ridiculously fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, Heather, how about you? Well, there was one game that I was going to bring to the table, which was uh, Munchkins, but I didn't get what the fuck was going on in that game. <laughs> so I'm super glad I played something else because I wouldn't even be able to explain it. So I played Settlers of Catan. So this is a board nice. game that runs from anywhere. Did you to- fight by the end of it? Um, we don't want to talk about that. The body's in the backyard. Um, so I said to my girlfriend who brought it over, I'm like, is this like risk? She's like, oh, it's nothing like risk. And as I played it, I'm like, this kind of feels like risk only like kind of different, but people can debate on that. Um, it ranges anywhere between $11.99 to like $20 or more, depending on what pack you want to get. It's average four players can play. It's a combination strategy resource management. You need the right materials to build houses and roads and gain victory points. I kept saying it was a colonizing game just to make my friend upset because it kind of is <laughs> and made her mad. So it was fun. It is. <laughs> um, the, lure, the luck of the die throw drives these resources and determines how many settlements and roads you can build. Um, in which in turn you get more resources. So you have resource cards that you can purchase with your resources. You have houses you can purchase and roads you can buy. I will share a picture to our page later of me playing it. And I won. I won. Yes. Like, Good for I, you. I, go, I made it to 10 points. So the You outcome, are the settler of Catan. I am. I am. I am the best. Um, as settler of Catan, clearly. I, I made it to 10 points. And my poor girlfriend was like, oh my God, you have 10 points. Like she was completely Dude. like, how did this even fucking happen? You didn't understand the rules an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> I she, was, she was nice to you and probably traded with you. She, she, well, she wasn't that nice because I bought a lot of stuff from the bank. Yeah. Um, I just, I guess I set up, so I kind of had the strategy where I would try to get, you know, sheep where I was missing sheep and rocks where I was missing rocks and, and wheat. And it's actually a really cool game. Once you get the hang of it, I would recommend watching a YouTube video. There's Always, yeah. out there. 
and they're really good like she was explaining it but she was all over the place the youtube video was really really good because he breaks down okay this is how you set up the board right this is how your first turn looks this is what you're doing after that so yeah i really enjoyed it and it says on average it should take you an hour it took us an hour and a half but drinks were involved um and there was a lot of making fun of each other so it definitely kind of pulled it out a little bit but i wasn't exhausted at the end of it i find with some games like i played the game of life a couple weeks ago and that game's just a little too fucking real now at this age like you got to pay for your kids to go to college you it must be an american game because i got sued three times throughout that (laughs) um definitely american that doesn't happen here in Canada. No one sues anyone. We all have loony money. No one wants that shit. So, <laughs> um, you know, it was it, like, that's fine. But by the end of it, you're tired. I found with Sellers of Catan, it was just really easy to play. And once you got the rules, it was fun to trade. And um, we had a good time with it. But I know that my girlfriend has played with two other friends of mine that get super competitive. And, and Yeah, it's, really it's, it's a really, it could be a really, so I love, for, first and foremost, I love Sellers of Catan. I think nice. it's a wonderful game. Uh, but the game can get bogged down when people just flat out refuse to negotiate. They would rather mm-hmm. lose the game. They would rather yeah. everybody have a bad time than them lose the game to you. Yeah. And it becomes incredibly awful. So a lot of people like, it just depends on your group of people that you play with. Right. Yeah. Um, but there is a version of it called sellers of Catan, the Americas, I believe is what it's called. And what it does, it really circumvents that, like, if people just want to be jerks and don't want to trade with you, you can just go get it your damn self. It takes a little bit longer, but there's a workaround. So that one, it's a little more in-depth. The rules are a little more heavy, um, but it's not crazy uh, amount, but it is kind of a workaround for Catan. For people that maybe played Catan and didn't like it, this one, I would say, if, if the reason you didn't like it is because people were being difficult and not trading and making it not fun that version of the game is just as fun and you can say screw you i'll get it myself so i think it's great because we had a good time there was three of us playing it and it was it was all jokes it was all like neither one of us none of us cared who won we were just having a good time so it made it really enjoyable but i could see it being an issue if people didn't negotiate we negotiated and gave each other whatever shit we asked for we were like we had it we were given it um but yeah i really i really did enjoy it i thought it was a great tabletop game so for those of you out there who you know don't want to play the game of light for the 18th time or monopoly or risk this is a really great alternative and it's pretty fairly priced you can probably pick it up at any game store or online through amazon if you would like yeah that's uh it's been a it's a very fun game i haven't played it in a very long time but yeah it's one that i would like to actually have a game night for again yeah um but yeah i guess i will jump into uh what i've been playing um didn't get into my board games yet but i did uh pick up arkham asylum so hopefully by the next episode i will have a chance to like sit down and actually play it and talk about that but i got a little side sidetracked because scotty found himself a ps5 and was able to bring the bad boy home. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, all I did was spend tons and tons of time like learning a new system and playing whatever I could on the system. So I got Spider-Man Miles Morales, because uh, that seems to be the go-to suggested game for the PS5 right now. And oh my god, does this game just look stunning. It zero, like, like zero low time it's just like it loads right up like like that it's instantly um draw distance is insane it it runs at i think it was i think this runs at uh 30 frames per second but you can actually have it at a static 60 frames per second if you choose a different option in the game itself so it's just smooth as butter 
beautiful graphics, like the controls, everything. It's if you played the Spider-Man on PS4, it's that just enhanced even more. And it adds a layer of it with the dual sense controller that is now with the PS5, because the technology inside that controller is insane because like you can just have spider-man walking and you feel like the footsteps in the controller and it like feels like it feels real that haptic feedback yes the hectic feedback exactly it's insane and like uh and i'll jump into this game too but uh astrobot uh playroom was a game that's on the ps5 it comes automatically with it i recommend anybody that has a ps5 that uh buys one play this game because it will show you everything that this controller can do and not only that, but the game is actually a very fun, cute platformer that looks really pretty and shows like the power of the PlayStation 5 as well. But yeah, like the main draw to it is it's like, here's pretty much what this controller can do. And it's insane. I can see why they're charging 70 to $75 for a controller because there's so much technology in it. Um, and then old man here. Oh, wait. Oh, you're, you're going to love it, Mike. You're going to love it. <laughs> But uh, old man here ended up. Did you did you buy uh, a bundle? No, uh, kind of yes. I bought it off my friend who bought a bundle. Okay, yeah, I had to get a bundle in order to get it when I did. Yeah, because I think stimulus. he bought a bundle, but he. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I think he bought a bundle, but he ended up uh, keeping one of the two games that came with it. So yeah, I'm trying to look into if GameStop because I've heard, I've heard so many different answers whether. So the bundle I got came with three games. I'm keeping the Spider-Man be- one because the reviews on it are just so yeah. excellent. And then you've just backed that up. The other two, if I can go to GameStop and do like actual returns on them and get like store credit or cash, I'll return those and maybe turn around and look on the shelves to get something else. But if they won't, then I'll just, you know, I guess I'll keep them and check them out. But um the spider-man one i'm definitely keeping i I can't wait just hearing you talk about it i'm like what am i doing here i should be setting my stuff up right now (laughs) yeah i don't blame you i don't blame you at all (laughs) um but there's one more game i wanted to briefly mention because all the cool kids seem to be playing it and old man scotty dived into it and that is fortnite i had no idea what i was even doing during that game i was uh, meeting up with some old gaming friends of mine. It was their birthday. So we were like just kind of having like a virtual birthday playing Fortnite together. And I was basically getting carried by the team because I had no clue what I was doing. I was going <laughs> off and being lone wolf, trying to like take on everybody by myself. And they're going, <laughs> no, we got to work as a team. Stop shooting at the first thing you see, Scott. <laughs> but Sounds like I podcasting just, with you. It kind of is. I just kind of just lone wolf, just run it. Just run off. I don't even know what you're doing anymore. Yeah, I the, just get up and leave. One, one cool thing about that game is it's cross-platform. So my kids yes. actually, what'll how it works with our current setup is one will log into it on the PS4, the other on the Switch. Then they hook up with their friends over the network of either one of them. And then they get in their own lobby and go into it as a team. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and now that the PS5 is going to be going in the main room with the PS4 off to the side room, my daughter no longer has to like uh, check with me whether she can turn it on and play because now uh, the PS4 will be dedicated in the side room. So she is celebrating the PS5 purchase as much as I am just for different <laughs> reasons. That's awesome. <laughs> 
but yeah, I that I'll say like I, I actually had a lot of fun with that Fortnite game. I see why it is extremely popular, and they are constantly just updating it, like and changing it every like several months. They just switch it up, and it's like new landscape and like new themes and new things to unlock. So like it's. I see why it's been as an addictive, popular game as it is. Like, I could see myself continuing to play it just when I'm just bored and only have like a half hour to play. Oh, right. screw it. I'll throw on a match of Fortnite. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much what I've been gaming on. And uh, yeah, hopefully next time I will be able to bring a board game to the table to talk about. I'm yeah, excited maybe to try get it. more into your magic cards and get back to your pro lifestyle. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of boring to talk about yeah. what we play magic wise. Like, it's just like, because we play so many decks in one night. Like, I would be here. You, you would be... You... <laughs> well, I know right now Heather would probably roll her eyes until she's seen her oh. brain. <laughs> like, because we we would be here for hours if I wouldn't hours. detail. Hours. hours. <laughs> Talking about fireball, fireball. Um, um, I used to play... A, I think I told Scott this. I used to play an old card game called Vampire the Eternal Struggle, Struggle Vitas. Uh, that made sounds by, way cooler. It was made by White Wolf, which is the same people that originally made Magic. I don't know if that's still the case. Um, but yeah, it was a super, like, you would build so many decks, like, different. So the way it worked is, like, you had a, a deck that was a certain, like, vampire clan. And then they all, each clan had its own, like, abilities. And you could, like, mix the clans together if they were, like, same in the, in the familiar family. Like, you're kind of friends. It's basically like an ally, essentially. Like, you have a truce with that clan. But you could mix like the decks together and it would get like super crazy. Like you said, you would build like I got five different coven decks built into this thing and you can't feed it unless you have like these three specific cards in your entire deck. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say that's kind of like magic. Like there's yeah, just it's like crazy fun. Only yeah. it sounds cooler than magic. Hey, there is a reason magic has been around for about 30 years now, Missy. I know. Yeah. I just like making fun of you, Scott. <laughs> I know you. It wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't insult Scott. Oh, Scott froze. <laughs> and then, like, the most cutest position uh, but, uh... Ever. <laughs> Hey, cutie. Oh, you froze and you were, your eyes were closed. <laughs> it was super cute. Anyway. <laughs> oh, dang it. I'll have to see, I'll have to see the video play. Oh, you'll see it. It's really <laughs> adorable. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for uh, bringing all this to the table with us today. And thank no you for problem. joining us on the show tonight. Uh, I actually wanted to talk about one oh. tabletop game real quick. No, I totally no, forgot. that's it. Sander. You caught me off guard. <laughs> Last yeah. call for games. Just... Last call. No, really, I do want to talk about one. I'll make it <laughs> yeah, quick, though. Of course, of course. So, like, I wanted to... This is one of my favorite tabletop games called uh, Letters from Whitechapel. Um, it plays up to five players, and the premise is Jack the Ripper. Uh, and it's old London, and you play, one person plays as Jack the Ripper, the other four play as constables. And the way the game starts is there's like crime scenes all around uh, London that get placed there by the player that is Jack the Ripper. And then Jack the Ripper figures out where he's going to hide the body. And then you place the constables and you have to go through all the back alleys of the city as constables. And you're trying to find the trail of all the crimes of Jack the Ripper. And basically, if I was Jack the Ripper, you guys would be going to certain places on the map and you would say, were you here? Were you at you know, location 73 and me as Jack the Ripper, I have to log every move in my little like notepad to where I am. And if I was in it, I have to tell you, yes, I was. And then you can, that's where this trail starts. Right. And then you just kind of follow the trail until you think you find Jack the Ripper and then you could go to the place and make an arrest. Um, but it's a really cool kind of easy game to play. It, it sounds like a, a modern, cooler, darker version of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> it it, yeah. it kind of is. So, yeah. like, you, um, 
like it doesn't like the only thing you really need is a person that knows how to play uh the jack the ripper character because that's like the most important part but there's plenty of youtube well, videos to, to do figure that, that out um, <laughs> it's just it's super fun i think it's really cool jack the ripper has a few like moves that he can like double jump spaces and use characters to get away it's just a cool fun game it's easy to socialize with people doesn't require a ton of thought um you just you know you're trying to find the trail super fun highly highly recommended it's a great uh group game for like five people even with like three people it's still super super fun but you need at least three to play but it's one of my all-time favorite board games you can find it anywhere for probably less than 40 bucks so oh, nice. just check it out if anybody's interested it's awesome that's yeah, really that, cool that sounds like my type of game for one not much thought perfect <laughs> for another it's just like yeah that it's a good price tag for something like that too which is awesome and it kind of blends horror and board games which don't we yes. all like we're all horror podcasters at heart so mm-hmm. absolutely that's why i wanted to bring it up yeah, and I'm glad you did. Thank you. And uh, yeah, of course, everyone probably noticed that, you know, it's been the whole episode without a cat. So Biff had to come in and make an appearance. <laughs> yeah. So before we sign off, would either one of you gentlemen will give you a chance to promo your stuff that you do? Um, we'll start with Sander if he's available. If Okay, he's not. We'll start with Mike. Um, Mike, <laughs> do you want to talk about where people can find you? All right. Uh, I think you mentioned the very beginning beginning no more room in hell is the main show uh we that's kind of like the all-encompassing podcast uh news what we watch and then we pick a couple movies we're going to talk about no really rules what they can be other than horror um dark discussions podcast network for that one uh fresh cuts is the companion show to that uh it's strictly new releases on that one it's a weekly show uh next movie we're covering tomorrow is called phobias i don't know much about it nice uh, but just from the title alone i had a guess what it would probably be about (laughs) and what else uh we brought back our monthly show theme warriors which is non-horror specific it's it's, uh all genre movies where we decide on a theme and then the four hosts pick a movie that goes with that theme and we discuss them we just recorded yesterday and it's now up the latest episode where it's uh movies where either the lead or a prominent actor plays uh two or more roles in the movie so that is also on dark discussions that's out now and then i believe heather already mentioned burning for springwood where we uh, take on the task of going over the freddy's nightmares series Mostly so uh, no one else has to because uh, <laughs> most of them are pretty mediocre. But every every few episodes, you run into a good one. And there was one with Brad Pitt in it. So, hey, discoveries all the time, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we were both Heather and I have been on a couple of your shows. Like, I think the only one we haven't been on is Steam Warriors. <laughs> Yeah, it's always a good time. I love Probably, No More yeah. Room in Hell. I love you, Derek, and Venom together. And um, Dawn is now joined Fresh Cuts. And sometimes I haven't listened to Fresh Cuts because of all the new watches I watch now. It's hard to like, um, I'm worried Venom's going to like tear some of them apart and I don't want to like get mad at him. So I don't listen to some of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely love all your shows, Mike. Yeah. And um, you, you welcome me into the podcasting world there early on. So I always have a soft spot for you and your shows yeah you guys are welcome to come back anytime awesome thank you well, thank you and uh mr sander kane where hey can my dog is no longer you? creating mayhem <laughs> 
He went outside and literally knocked over all the booze off the table. Oh man, no. you were yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, you can find me at Cemetery Gates uh, Podcast. We are on Podbean and all other streaming services, Spotify, this and that. Uh, it's just me and my buddy, Android Virus, and we talk about, in most cases, we talk about super kind of sleazy, weird, shitty movies that most people wouldn't even care to watch. Uh, but sometimes we do newer stuff just because it's our show and we do whatever the hell we want to do. So the last few episodes have been kind of newer things. So this next episode should be uh, pretty sleazy. So uh, I think oh we're going to do Orgies of Sin and uh, a few other a few other pretty sleazy films from the 70s. So yeah, we just kind of do weird stuff because that's, you know, that's what we gravitate to and we have a good time with it. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I'm doing right now in the podcast world. So well, Cemetery Gates is a really fun show. I love how much you guys talk about me all the time. I feel like I get yeah. brought up on every other episode. I know, I'm still kind of jealous that I'm not you invited be. on. You see, like, we have a thing going, the three of us. That's why. And I was a little concerned because last episode was a little classy with some of the movies you were going Too over. Classy. So I'm glad you're going back to some trash because I yeah. didn't know what podcast I was listening to at first. Yeah, well, the last one we did, Hunter Hunter and Style. Hunter Hunter was a request from another listener and the stylist. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the episode before that Heather was on and I brought it up. I decided to talk about the stylus in the last second and I did an absolute terrible job talking about the stylus. And I was like, okay, I have to like, we're going to do the whole thing. And we wound up doing um, the whole uh, the whole movie and that was great so the last episode was the stylist and hunter hunter which are both absolutely amazing awesome movies, movies and yeah. highly recommended so yeah absolutely and scott where can people find us all right so you, you can find uh find heather and i on our main uh main show which is the friday nightmares podcast uh we are under the kill the cast banner on the legion podcast network on the legion podcast network yes of course repping the show like she repping does the show uh, and just like this show, uh, we are proud members of the Legion podcast family. Uh, but there are also a couple other shows that we uh, that we do. Um, there's the one It's Not Horror, okay, that me, Heather, Android from Cemetery Gates podcast, uh, Nudie Lemoy, and uh, Mr. Venom himself. And we pick a random movie that's not horror and just commentate over it. And usually it's just nonsense and just uh making fun of the movie making fun of each other yes shenanigans it's basically just a bunch of friends getting together having a good time and then you also have another show that you do so the slumber party massacre that's done with carly Lacey, and rebecca we're actually going to be recording our next episode this week and it's going to be dropping this will be episode number three and there'll be some pretty epic pillow fights i am sure sander is going to be ready for that feedback after this most (laughs) it's going to be on final guys sander Ooh, I hope Cinder's I win. like, yeah, it's actually all the podcasting. <laughs> honestly, Cinder, I would probably put my money on you. <laughs> oh, probably because the end, Scott, you and I would die. I mean, I, I managed talk to talk about this. <laughs> I managed to wrangle in Android virus. So, like anyone that can, oh, that's true. Get Android, <laughs> even Mike knows Android. Like everyone knows Android. Anyone can get Android <laughs> to be somewhat like not offensive is incredible. <laughs> yeah. anyway um and i guess that's it should i just see us out scott or is there anything else you wanted to add uh nope that was it so yeah if you want to close out the show all right so controllers down cards up power off and we'll see you next time bye everyone bye Bye. thanks for having me